God, <clears throat> God, we're thankful for you, and we're thankful for your son. God, thank you for, uh, for the rain this last week that we've had, for the fresh air that we breathe today. God, I pray that this morning, as we, as we dig in a little further to Christmas, as we dig in a little further to, to your son, the son of God, God, I pray that you speak through your word. I pray that you speak through me. God, don't let it be my words up here. God, I only want to speak your words to your people. God, would you clear our minds? Would you clear our hearts from the busyness of the season to just hear your word in maybe a fresh way today? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have, uh, we've been spending this Advent season talking about the Son of God, talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the baby in the manger, right? Uh, sometimes I think we, we, we tend to, to focus on the other things surrounding the, surrounding the birth of Christ and surrounding the, the season. And so this week, I, I don't want to just leave those out. We're going we're gonna to talk about those this week and next week. But, but I, this Advent season, we've really been really intentional to focus on the baby in the manger. Who is this Christ that has come for us? Who is this Son of God that, that was sent for us? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Emmanuel, God with us? Who is the Son of God? And so we've been looking at, uh, at the Christmas story as told in Philippians 2. Uh, it was funny. I was meeting with uh, some pastors uh, last week, and they were asking me what I was preaching on for Advent. And I said, I'm, I'm preaching the the Christmas story as read in Philippians 2, and all of them were kind of like, got some raised eyebrows there. Well, that's the Christmas story's not in Philippians. I don't know what you're talking about. So I got to, no, that's the gospel. This is, this is Christmas. And so uh, we're talking about the Son of God. And so uh, we, we've been diving into this passage in Philippians chapter 2. I just want to read it real quick as we kind of review, and then we'll, we'll keep going on. And your relationships with one another have the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had. And then we get this outline of, of who Jesus Christ is. Who is this baby in the manger? What is this? What are, we, what are we receiving this Christmas, right? He says, Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, this is our first week, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. We talked about the, the divinity of Christ, that this baby in the manger is the author of life, is God in the flesh here. And we read on, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, that Jesus Christ takes on our humanity. Now, he identifies with us in, in our sufferings. He identifies with us in our, in our weaknesses, right? He identifies with us. This is this, is this Jesus, Jesus, this, this Jesus who is God in the flesh, doesn't take off any of his divinity when he comes to earth, but he takes on our humanness, that he's able to relate to us, he's able to, to identify with us in our, in our weaknesses and in our struggles. And last week, being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And we talked about these movements, these movements that happen at Christmas, right? That, that Jesus goes from, from being exalted to being humbled so that we might be exalted. Right? He goes from, from life to death so that we might have life. Right? This, is the, this is the Christ that we celebrate at Christmas 
And we finished this passage this morning, and I love, I love how this passage ends. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to focus on this phrase this morning, that Jesus is Lord. What does this mean? That this, this baby in the manger, Jesus Christ, is Lord. I mean, this was, this was a central thing. for the, This was a central part of the identity of the early church. Right? They, they were, they, the first Christian sermon ever preached, if you look in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter stands up and says, God has made this Jesus... And he's looking at it and says, who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. God has, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. In the rest of the New Testament, this claim is central, right? Jesus Christ is Lord. We hear it over and over and over again. It's proclaimed over and over that Jesus is Lord. And today, I want to unpack what this is, because at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The baby born in a manger would one day be exalted as Lord over everything. I don't want this title for Christ, this, this, this Lordship of Christ, to just be kind of a, a lifeless name that we give him. Right? When we call Jesus Lord, it, there, is, there is deep, deep meaning in that. Sometimes I think we, we say it so often, it's one of those things where, where you say it so often and you think about it so often that it loses meaning, right? But I, w- I want to get back to the meaning of what it means to say out loud, Jesus is Lord, especially as we prepare for Christmas this week. Now, I think, as, I think we see it unfold for us a little bit in the way that this Philippians 2 passage ends. All right, let's, let's read this again. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that it is above every name. Right, the, the, I think what, what this means, I think the way that Philippians unpackages, un, unpacks this for us is that, that first Jesus is exalted in the highest place. He is exalted in the highest place. God exalted him to the highest place. There's some translations out there that say that God highly exalted him, right? Uh, the, the, the literal translation of this is God super, super exalted him, right? It was, this is not just like uh, he lifted him up a little bit higher. This is, this is he, they reiterated the highest place, that God super eminently exalted Jesus Christ to the highest place. Uh, what does this even mean? There's, there's an emphasis there that's on, on the highly part. Right, what, is, what does it mean for, for Jesus to be exalted highly and to call Jesus Lord? That the Lord Jesus is exalted highly. Yeah, I just want to, we'll go back into the Old Testament real quick and look at some Psalms here. There's, we're going to move a little bit throughout the Psalms this morning, especially for this part. What, what is included here? What is, why is that important that Jesus, is, Jesus as Lord is highly exalted? I just want to read some Psalms this morning that talk about Christ as Lord. Psalm 83. Verse 18, let them know that you, whose name is the Lord, that you alone are the most high 
over all the earth. We see that the Lord is exalted high above the earth. He reigns over the earth. All right, Psalm 97, verse 5. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all peoples who see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Now we hear this reiterated again. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord over, over, all, over all of the earth. Right? You look back just, just maybe a page to Psalm 95, verses 3 to 7. For the Lord is the great God, the King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. <clears throat> the sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Hmm. He is Lord over all the earth. He's Lord over, over literally all of creation. The sea is his. He made it, it says. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Right? He's Lord over us. Right? You go over just a, a few more Psalms, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, I could probably just read the whole thing, but we're going to focus this morning on verses 19 to 22. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. See, we get this picture now that Jesus isn't just Lord over the earth and everything in the earth. Right? We're talking about angels. We're talking about, about everything. We're, we're getting a, a picture here of what, what, should, what we should see when we see the Lord equated with Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is not just, just Lord for us. He's Lord over everything. He's Lord over the earth. He's Lord over the heavens. He's Lord over, over literally everything in all creation. All right, one more, Psalm 113. <clears throat> one through six. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? Who is like the Lord our God? There's a rhetorical question there. No one is like the Lord our God. There's no one. The, the Lord is, is, is over all of the earth and all of the heavens and everything and all of creation because he is the one who created. Right? This is the Lord. This is the baby in the manger that we celebrate on Christmas. He is the Lord. Christ is the Lord. I mean, the Psalms give us a picture of, of the Lord being exalted above the heavens, above the world, above creation, all the nations, all the rulers. I mean, not, this isn't even just in the Psalms, though. I mean, God himself speaks to us in the book of Isaiah. He talks about his lordship. If you turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 8. 
Here's, this, is, this is the word of the Lord. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or seek praise or, or my praise to idols. I, I, I am the Lord. I'm not going to give my praise to anybody else because I am, I am the Lord. That is my name, God says. If you turn the page over to Isaiah chapter 45, I know we're flipping around a lot this morning, but there's, just, there's a lot in here. Isaiah chapter 45, starting at verse 21. Declare what it is, what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together, who foretold this long ago, who declared it from distant past. Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior, but there is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow. See if this starts to sound familiar. Before me every knee will bow, but by me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, and the Lord alone our deliverance and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But all descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast in him. Man, I just, I hope you're getting a little bit of a picture this morning that to call Jesus Lord is so much more than what we've made it. I hope when, we, when we're able to, to celebrate the baby in the manger and call Jesus Christ Lord, I mean, you, Psalm, Psalm 148, if you go back to Psalm 148, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him sun, moon. Praise Him all you shining stars. Praise Him you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at His command, at His command they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of all the earth and all the nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens." This is the Lord. This is, this is what Scripture says about God. This is what Scripture says. When we say Jesus is Lord, this is what we're saying. Jesus, you are exalted high above the heavens. Jesus, you are exalted high above the earth. Jesus, you rule over all the nations, over all the peoples, over everything in all of creation. Jesus, you are. You are the Lord. This is the baby in the manger. Jesus Christ is Lord. And as the Lord... I think the Philippians 2 passage would go on. As the Lord, he deserves universal praise. That every knee would bow and every tongue would confess, Philippians 2 says. Every knee would bow and every tongue confess. This, this whole language of every knee bowing, is, it's an Old Testament picture of worship and of adoration. It's, 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 it's like not even being able to stand in the presence of someone. They are not even worthy for you to stand up in the presence of that every knee would bow and every tongue confess, literally that everyone would open de- openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
every tongue confess, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. You know, there's a, there's a lot of research into this part, right? In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. I've read a lot about it this week. I've, I've thought a lot about it this week. And here's, here's kind of a summary of what this means, right? This is a summary of what all the scholars say that it means to say, on heaven and on earth and on under the earth. You ready for this? Everyone. So basically what it means. Everyone. Every knee, every, knee, every, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, this is for you. Every knee would bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what does that even mean? It means every angel, angelic beings in all creation who worship Christ, they are going to bow. Every people, no matter where they're from, no matter when they're around, every knee, every tongue, every language, right? Every language would be used to, to, to give God the glory. Right, tongue is, is used throughout the New Testament to talk about tribes and, and nations and all kinds of stuff. Here's a, here's a couple of verses to, to help us understand this a little bit more. If you turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 5, 11 through 13 says this, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne of living creatures and elders, in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength to honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Right, you see this language every knee and ever. Or, uh, yeah, on earth and under the earth and heaven, right? We see this every, every knee, every tongue. Right? If you turn one chapter over, or two chapters over to chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, this is, I think this is just such a powerful verse. <clears throat> After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I mean, do you, do you get this picture? How powerful is this picture right now? That every knee and every tongue would confess, every nation, every people. I, I love this language that John uses here in, in Revelation 7, right? After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. A great multitude that no one could count. And Jesus deserves universal praise from us. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. Every angel, every people, every language will one day bow before the throne and sing his praises. This drives us as a church. This is the reason that we are here as a church. Right, why, why, why would we give ourselves to the mission of Christ? Why would we do the things that we do? Why would we go and share? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. And we get to participate in a coming age when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's why we do what we do. That's why we participate in the mission of Christ. That's why we give ourselves to this. Uh, why do we do this? Why do we give ourselves this? Why do we come here every week? Why do, we, why do we worship? Why do we celebrate? Why do we give ourselves to the mission of Christ? It's because there's around 600,000 people in this city. And every single one of them is going to one day 
bow to their knee. And every single one of them will one day with their tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's the coolest thing about this. Is if God wanted that to just happen, it could happen. We get to participate in that. We get to participate in this. This baby Jesus didn't just come for me. He didn't just come for you. We celebrate this, and we, we, the way, reason we do what we do is because God so loved the world that he sent his son. We participate in the mission of Christ because one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And God relies on each and every one of us to move that forward. Here's the thing. For that to happen, your knee has to bow and your tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to be willing to share. We need to be willing to to go out. I know I just turned Christmas into a missions thing. I don't really care. That's what it's all about. Because Jesus didn't just come for you and for me. Jesus came for everybody. Everybody in this city. Everybody in this nation. Everybody in this world. Jesus came for you. Jesus came for me. Yeah, absolutely. And we celebrate that this Christmas. But man, Jesus came for way more than us. Every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the point of this whole thing. Jesus is worthy. Here's, here's the interesting thing, though, is, is I think if we, if we read Philippians 2, there's, there's, there's this question, right? Why, why? Why did God exalt Jesus to the highest place? Why? Well, so every knee could bow. Yeah, that's true, but that's not, that's not it. So every tongue could confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, that's, that's there, but that's not it. I love how Philippians end this, ends this. In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father, that Jesus fulfills this ultimate purpose. He comes to give glory to the Father. He comes to give glory to God. All right, this, this, was, this was the mission of Christ. I think if you turn, turn to John, John chapter 12, John chapter 12, starting at verse 27. This is even in the words of Jesus, right? Now, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And this is, this is Jesus predicting his death here. And he's saying, Father, save me from this shall, What shall I say now? What shall I do? What shall I pray? God, save me from this hour? Then he answers his own question, No. This is why I came. Father, glorify your name. Father, glorify your name. And John 13, verse 31. He's predicting Peter's denial here. And he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, 
and God is glorified in him. Jesus came, and he came to die so that the Father might be given glory. That's the picture. It's all for the glory of God. Here's the thing. When every knee bows, and when every tongue confesses, I think it's amazing that we get to play a part in that. I really do. But we don't get any other glory. We don't get any other glory for that. We don't get any other credit for that. All glory goes to God the Father. And I cannot wait, personally, until I get up there and I see the, the, the multitude of people that no one can count. And we're all bowing our knees and confessing with our tongues that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is what Christmas is all about. I'll read this passage again in Philippians 2. Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that of the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the Christmas story right here. This is the gospel. This is the Son of God who came 2,000 years ago, took on human flesh, was born in a manger. Why? Because God so loved you and loved me that he sent his Son. That whosoever believes in him, in this message, would have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. This is Christmas. And I hope we don't lose track of that this Christmas. I've said this, I think, almost every week. I hope this week, when you, when you see a nativity, and you see the baby Jesus, or when you look into the eyes of an actual baby, I hope you, you can see Jesus Christ. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, we're, we're thankful for your love this morning. John tells us it's, it's, it's because of your love for us that we celebrate Christmas. It's because of your love for us that you sent your son. God, we're thankful this morning for your son. We're thankful that Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
humbled himself and took on human flesh. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, as we go through this week and as we continue to to ponder Christmas, I pray that you would you would reveal yourself to us this week. God, would you show us your glory? God, go ahead of us. Be in our conversations. Be in our homes. Be in our workplaces. God, with all those who are homesick right now, I pray that you would, you would touch them. With all those who are just unable to be here this morning, I pray that you would touch them. God, would this Christmas be a time where we reflect and we know that you are Lord. And this is why we celebrate. We praise you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And would you receive this blessing from me? May the Lord Jesus Christ be with you this week. May he go ahead of you. May he be in your homes. May he be with your families as you go and you celebrate Christmas. May Christmas be so much more than opening presents and getting together. Would Christmas be about the baby in the manger for you? And as you dwell on that, may God reveal himself to you. May he show his glory to you. May he shine his face upon you this week. Go in peace. Amen and amen.